I'll tell you what, that is fantastic. How old are you, Jackson? Thirteen. Wow. That boy's anointed. I'm telling you. He's anointed, isn't he? He is absolutely anointed. I mean, it, it amazes me. You know, my wife and I were uh, in San Antonio this week down there visiting our three grandsons and a granddaughter. My three grandsons, they all play football. So I'm footballed out. I went to three football games, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And we won every one of them in the last two seconds of the game. So it was really amazing. But um, <clears throat> I'm going to let you guys out early today so you can go watch the Cowboys because... <laughs> I'm not going to watch it. I don't think I've had enough football for this week, you know. But, you know, it's interesting as we travel up here. Every time we travel any place, we always pray to ask God to protect our house, protect us, take care of us, let us have a good time or what have you. And i tell you this quickly story here. I, uh, we were visiting my daughter who has a business down there, and she has some people that work for her, and there was nobody in there. Uh, when we went in there, we, we were talking with our, our daughter, and we were all going to go to lunch, and everybody walked out the door. And I start, out the, I start out the door, and there's one lady sitting over there uh, that's one of, the, one of her uh, employees, and her name was Journey. And I don't know why I did this, but I know it's God's prompting. And I said to Journey, I says, Journey, uh, do, you love the, uh, do you know the Lord? And she says, no. All right. I mean, that was like throwing a piece of meat to me because, you know. But anyway, I went over and talked to her at length, but she didn't think she was a sinner. She didn't know what that meant exactly, and I talked to her at length about that, and she didn't think she was a sinner. Well, folks, if you think you're, in the, you're not a sinner, you may not, maybe you shouldn't even be here, because we're all sinners, saved by God's mercy and His grace. And a lot of people don't know that, and a lot of people think, well, you know what, I do believe in Jesus a little bit, and I'm, I'm going to speak to everybody here. A lot of us think we know Jesus, okay, but do you really know Him? Do you live for Him? Do you read His Word? Do you constant? Uh, you know, I just I just love to read the Word of uh, Lord, and I love to, I'm one of these kind of people, I'd rather read the Word than listen to music or anything else, that's just me, but everybody's different, and I understand that, but we've got some, we've got a few people here today I don't necessarily know, anybody here the first time, anybody here for the first time, okay, we're glad to have you all this morning, okay, so uh, anyway, the pastor's out, and so I've been uh, designated uh uh, what do you call a pinch hitter? Well, you don't have that. You don't have that in football. But anyway, uh, we're we're just glad to be able to speak about God Himself, and I, I never turn down an opportunity to speak about the Lord. So I want to talk this morning about Isaiah chapter one, and uh, Brad's going to put it up there. He's using the uh, NLT. Uh, I I read out of the uh, NIV, uh, and, and uh, anyway, I think it's uh, we have to understand uh, Isaiah. And who he was, he was a great prophet, okay? Matter of fact, he was a great, one of the greatest prophets in the Bible. His, his book, the book of Isaiah, is one of the longest uh, books in the Bible. Not the longest, but one of the longest books. And he had more to say. And, you know, he's quoted over 300 times in the New Testament by Jesus and others. So he had a lot to say, and what he was saying is so relevant. And what he's saying here in this chapter 1, I'm going to go through it. I'm going to try to get through it quickly, okay? But what he's talking about here, and I'm going to read that first verse. It says, the vision concerning, this is Isaiah chapter 1, verse 1. He says, the vision concerning Judah and Jerusalem that Isaiah, son of Amos, saw during the reign of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah of Judah. Now, you've got to understand, uh, just give you a little bit of 
brief background, you know, what, what's happened to Israel is happening to the world today and is, is even happening to America. What happened to Israel is they had to, they were one unified country, okay? And so they turned away from the Lord and they ended up being the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. The northern kingdom uh, was, uh, they had turned evil and God had brought calamity upon them, upon calamity. And the southern kingdom, which included what is called, we call Judah and, and Jerusalem, they uh, were in the same situation. They had already seen their brothers in the other part of the kingdom destroyed, okay, by the uh, Assyrians. But they weren't paying attention. And I was, Isaiah comes and he begins to speak to them and tell them various things. And what's interesting here is it's kind of like what goes on in America in a way. It says, in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, and Ahaz, and Hezekiah, I, Isaiah was the tenth king of Judah. He became a leper. You remember he did wrong, he became a leper, okay? But even though he became a leper, the Lord uh, blessed him in the end because he turned back. He was still a good person, but he, he was suffering the consequences for his sin, okay? Jotham was the son of Uzziah, and he was a good king also. Uh, but here's, here's the interesting thing. The third king that comes along is Ahaz. And if you ever read anything about in the Bible about Ahaz, Ahaz was bad news. He was an evil king, okay? It's kind of like you get a president, a good president, a bad president, good president, bad president. But the slide, the things that happened to Christianity, to happen to Israel, or happening, uh, like I said, uh, to us. And so Hezekiah was the fourth king that we're talking about that, say, uh, Isaiah was uh, a prophet during the, all four of these kings' reign, different times, okay? They died, lived and died. But he was still there, and uh, he, he was uh, trying to tell the people things, and they weren't listening. And I think that's hap- happening today in America a great deal. We have disunity everywhere. We, have, we don't know what truth is anymore, Harley. We hear fake news. Some of you don't like that term. Uh, you know, we don't really know what's going on a lot of times with the politicians. But uh, anyway, it's, uh, it's interesting that, that it kind of follows along what happened to Israel in the end. And so I'm going to read uh, verse 2 and, and talk a little bit about this. And it says, uh, Hear, O heavens, listen, earth, for the Lord has spoken. I, I reared children and brought them up. But they have rebelled against me. The ox knows his master, the donkey his owner's manger. But Israel does not know. My people do not understand. How could this happen? They were so religious. I mean, they had this great temple. They they had the word of the Lord. God had given them the word. And, and they they knew what it said. But you know what? They didn't go around saying, I reject it. They're acting out all the things. They go to church. Okay, they went to church. They didn't have a church back then, but they went to this temple. They sacrificed animals. They did everything that was required under the law to understand. But they didn't do any of those things. They, I mean, they did them, but they didn't understand what they were doing. He said, you folks don't even know who I am anymore. Sometimes I wonder if in the church we, we know that. We were talking about in Sunday school, and I don't mean to get off on rabbit trails, but I will. Okay, we were talking about in Sunday school this morning. Every Wednesday night, my friends... We have prayer meeting back here, okay? And I want to tell you, there's only four or five people that ever show up. The same people, always, committed people. It's requirement for all of us to pray to God. And 
You know, he'd love to see y'all. And if you haven't been coming to prayer meeting, I would just encourage you to come. Because that's where God does things. Prayer is a rough time. It's a hard time. You say things and you say, well, God, I don't know if you're doing it. I can tell you from a fact that God is answering our prayers, I mean, in everything that we do. And we were coming back from uh, San Antonio and say, Lord, because we were driving that, having to drive part of it at night, and we don't see good at night. And, I, and Emily and myself were both saying, Lord, prepare the way for us to get over here because, I mean, we just don't see, and we thought it was going to be raining. Well, we prayed it wouldn't rain, it didn't rain. Matter of fact, if we had been just a, probably about an hour earlier, we left a little late, San Antonio. But if we had been uh, just a little bit uh, earlier, we'd have hit that uh, tornado they had there in Hillsboro. So God is, he, God's out there, and I see his hands in these things, and I know y'all see his hand in things. Don't give up on God. Trust him with your complete heart. And I've lived my part of my life, folks, when I didn't, when I didn't comp- really follow the Lord. But uh, when I was 38 years old, I came back to the Lord. And I had never been the same since then. He prepared things for me that I had no earthly idea he could do through a person. He can do it through you and you and you. He can do it through anybody that's willing and obedient. But instead of being in rebellion, you say, well, I'm not in rebellion. I don't know. I don't know all of you in here, but rebellious attitude is rejection of God. You say, I'm in church, I do this, I do that. Hey, you need to get in step with the Lord, okay? And so that is uh, one of the things that sometimes we forget. He said that they had rebelled against him. You folks, I've taught you all these things. Hundreds of years you've been following this tradition, and you're rebelling against me. And so he says, you don't even know me. You people are just flat out there in the left field, not paying attention to what's going on. Could you say that's happening sometimes in the churches? Anybody? Oh, no. Okay. And in verse 4, he says, All sinful nation, a people loaded with guilt, brutal evildoers, children given to corruption. You know, sometimes I see that same thing with us. We have a lot of great things going on in churches, and I ain't talking about necessarily this, but I'm talking about churches in America. You know, I, I know somebody very, very well. I won't go into it, but I know somebody very, very well. Do you know, you've heard of Hell's Angels? How many of y'all have heard of Hell's Angels? Okay. Hell's Angels, how about the Banditos, which are popular in Texas? Do you know what? When they have a meeting, you know what they call it? Church. They call it church. They're getting together, doing their little thing. They call it church. That's not what church is. Church is the word ecclesia. It means in the Greek, it means uh, to be called out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. That's what the church is. We, we have been called out of the kingdom of darkness, Satan's kingdom, into the light. And now you're standing in the light. He says, stand firm. Hold true to what you believe. And so he goes on to say here, he said, they have, forsake, uh, they have forsaken the Lord, his children. Uh, they have spurned the Holy One of Israel. And turn their backs on him. Can you imagine spurning God? You know what the word spurn means? It means to turn away. I mean, they've heard all this stuff years and years. Went to church, so to speak. Uh, sacrificed animals. Uh, they did all the things that were required by the law. But they didn't even know God. See, you can know about God, but you don't know him. I personally have a personal relationship with I know God is real. You could never convince me, praise God that there's not a God because I've seen him do so many things in my life and other people's lives 
And sometimes we, we, we never get that close to him. God wants to pull you into his grasp. He wants you to hold on to him tight, trusting him for everything. Look at verse 5, and it says, And should you be beaten anymore, why do you persist in rebellion? Uh, your whole head is injured. Your whole uh, heart is afflicted. See, these people, they have, they'd already seen the northern kingdom called Israel uh, be captured, go in captivity. And Isaiah's telling them, look, you f- people are full of sin. You're full of sin, but I love you just the same. And he said, if you'll turn back to me, if you'll repent, I'm going to lift you up. I'll exalt you when you do what I ask you to do. And so they've been beat up. You ever seen anybody that's been beat up in the head, all the way from the top of the head to the bottom of the feet? That's pretty, pretty rough. And that's exactly what happened to Israel. And they're still undergoing a lot of that today because their time has not been completed. They're appointed time for them to turn back to the Lord. And, and you know, the Lord can get to the point. What's he say about the Jewish people? He, he blocked their view. They can't see even that they're doing wrong. And, you know, you and I, you and I as believers can get to that point where we grieve the Spirit to the point. We grieve the Holy Spirit. We don't do what the Spirit of God tells us to do. And we just become just kind of blind, you know, like the horse has got the blinders on you. You can't see what's going on. Blind in one eye and can't see out of the other. You ever find yourself in that situation? Well, in verse 7, it says, Your country is desolate. He's talking about... The, uh, the kingdom of Israel, or Judah, Judah and Jerusalem. Jerusalem is the center of everything they do. You've got to remember, even today, just as Zechariah, Zechariah chapter 12 said, that Jerusalem had become an unmovable stone, a burden to the world. Right now, do you know there are more people, uh, 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 photographers, journalists, living in, 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 in Israel than any other place in the United States? You know that? There's so much going on there. And God said, this is the apple of my eye. I'm not going to take my eye off of them. Now, they're going to have to go through a lot of things, but I'm not going to take my eye off of them. And he hasn't taken his eye off you either. Whether you know God really like you should or not, he has not taken his eye off you. He says, he tells them in verse 7, your country is desolate, your cities are burned with fire, your fields are being uh, uh, stripped by foreigners uh, right before your eyes and waste at, and and." Uh, Overthrown by strangers. You, you might say, well, how does that apply to us? You know what? China has taken over. The Chinese people have taken over more of our real estate, more of our markets than you could even imagine. Okay? They buy up all kinds of things, and I think that's part of what the president's been trying to do is get back some of that. But I'm telling you, they have been buying up. Japan owns more property in the United States than you can imagine. So... In verse 8, it says, The daughters of Zion is left like a shelter in a vineyard, like a shut-in field of, of uh, melons, like a city under siege. If you've ever been to, uh, some of y'all might have been in a farming environment, and if you go into a farming environment, they used to have these fields set up, and, you know, you got the scarecrow out there to scare the, the birds away and the animals, uh, but these people had shelters out in the middle of the, the fields, and those shelters... Uh, they were there to run off different things, but to take care of things. But he's telling here, it's like you're in a shelter built out there in the middle of a field, and there's nobody out there to help you. You're all out there alone. How many of y'all sometimes feel alone? You ever feel alone? You don't. You, you just really don't know where God is. You, well, maybe you're here, God, but I don't really feel you. Well, listen, you know, He wants you to draw near to Him. He said, "If you'll draw near to me, I'll draw near to you." I like that. 
Because the closer you want to get to him, the closer he'll get to you. You need to understand that. In verse 9 it says, Unless the Lord Almighty have left us some survivors, we would all become like Sodom. We would have been like Gomorrah. That's pretty, that's pretty bad to, to tell the southern kingdom of Israel, you guys are like Sodom and Gomorrah. And what did he do to Sodom and Gomorrah? We know that God rained down fire and brimstone him and destroyed him. And he said, if I had not kept a remnant of you folks alive, you'd be just like them. But they're still not listening to anything he's saying. Isaiah, as I said earlier, Isaiah was, according to Hebrews chapter 11, he was uh, tradition as well as I, uh, the, uh, Hebrews says that Isaiah, guess this, he was sawed in half. He was sawed in half, okay? He was speaking the Lord's word, and he got sawed in half. Jesus pretty much got the same thing happen to him. And a lot of people who, when you speak up about Jesus, nobody wants to hear it. You can go down and say, hey, I believe in God. Yeah, well, do you believe in Jesus? Oh, well, I don't know about that. I don't know if I want to go that deep, you know? Jesus is the light of the world. Without him, we can do nothing. In verse 10 it says, Hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. Listen to the law of your God, you people of Gomorrah. I mean, this is amazing. When you really look at that, this means they had turned away from God. It's called apostasy, divorce. You know, if you ever, if you're married, some of y'all in here are married. If you apostatize or divorce your wife, you don't want nothing to do with them anymore. That's exactly what was taking place here. And so, he says uh, that they needed to listen. You guys are just like Sodom and Gomorrah. He said the multitude of your sacrifices, uh, what you have, uh, <clears throat> uh, what are they to me? The Lord, I have more than enough of your burnt offerings. See, they were taking all their good things. They were taking their burnt offerings. They were going through the, the rituals, going through all the rituals. And yet, they didn't even know God. And they didn't even... They didn't even make any doubts about it. They wouldn't follow the law. You know, the Bible says if you break one law, you've broken all the laws. That was like the girl I was talking to uh, down in San Antonio. She didn't think she sinned. And I asked her, well, you ever lied? She looked at me. I said, have you ever lied in, in your life? She said, yeah. I said, you ever think bad things? Yeah. You ever do wrong? Uh, yeah. You ever said anything bad? Mm-hmm. Sometimes. I said, well, then you're a sinner. And God wants to erase those sins from you. And he's the only one that can do it. And I talked to her, and I, I knew she wasn't ready because of what she was telling me. And uh, so, anyway, I, I finished saying, look, I don't want to force anything on you. I want you to know that Jesus Christ loves you and that you have to invite him into your life to save you from your sins. And, and I went on, and when I walked outside, uh, my daughter was out there, and she said, uh, Emily and, and my daughter... and and my uh, grandson was standing there, and they said, uh, what did what, you do? And I, I told them, I said, she, I, they said, well, she has a boyfriend that she lives with. And he doesn't believe in God. Matter of fact, he don't even want to hear about God. And that's how people get messed up sometimes. You get hooked up with the wrong person. God's got somebody for you. Every person there, especially you young folks, God's got somebody for you. But you have to wait on God. You can't just go out there and do it yourself. And if you do, you're, it's kind of like uh, Stephanie and them were talking about. She knew God had somebody for her. Sorry about that, brother. <laughs> no, but I know she, she knew that she needed to wait on the Lord. And we do need to wait on the Lord. So I go on anyway. He says, 
He didn't get any pleasure out of, out of, out of the, all the things that they were doing. And I'm going to jump down here to verse 13. He says, Stop bringing meaningless offerings. Your incense, which was like prayers, uh, represent prayers. Your incense is detestable to me. God doesn't even want to hear your prayers when you're, you're saying one thing, you're doing something else. You ever thought about that? And he goes on, he says, uh, he says, I'm tired of these new moon Sabbaths, uh, these new moons you go to, the Sabbaths and convocation. I cannot bear your evil assemblies. It's pretty bad to tell them, hey, you guys are going down to the temple constantly. You're, you're doing all these sacrifices, and yeah, you don't even know who I am. And you think that I'm sitting there with, uh, uh, you know, with my eyes closed. I know what you're doing. God knows what we're doing. The good thing about God is he loves us so dearly. If we would just listen to him and live according to his word. So he tells them, he says, I'm tired of these. He says in verse 14, your new moon festivals and your appointed feast, my soul hates. That's a pretty strong word. He hates. He hates to hear somebody coming out just going through the motions. Just going because everybody else is going or I just feel better. when I, I've heard so many people say, well, I just feel better when I go to church. Well, I hope you do. But it should be because you heard the word of the Lord. And it's changing you. It's renewing you. And so it goes on. And he said, uh, you guys have become a burden to me. I am weary of burying them. When you spread out your hands to heaven in prayer, I will hide my eyes from you. Isn't that pretty terrible? Oh, God. Oh, God. He doesn't care about your hands, all this motion. He's looking at the heart. And some people would just get up there and just go through. I I had a church one time we used to go to. And right up in the very front row were two of the most charismatic people you've ever seen. And they were always waving their hands, doing things. Well, not to make a, uh, I don't know if they were believers or not, but some of the things they were doing behind the scenes that we found out about. Nope. God doesn't care about your hands up in the air. Okay? It's okay to put your hands up in the air, but what we want to do is offer up our heart to God. God responds to that when our hearts are turned to Him. And He says then, even if you offer many prayers, I will not listen. There is a, there right there is a blanket statement. Listen, if you're not living for God and you keep asking in your prayers, I, I'm going to tell you this. I know God answers prayers, but his, the major thing, he wants to draw you back into, into a relationship with him, okay? And like I said, prayer is sometimes difficult. It's, it's, it can, you don't see the immediate results sometimes, and you think, well, is he, what's he out to lunch? His eyes are upon the sparrow. His eyes are upon us all the time. He knows exactly what you and me do. He knows what I do, and I'm not perfect. I'll guarantee it. Like the, like the guy says, I guarantee I'm not perfect. But I tell you what, I know who is perfect, and I love him, and I know that he is the one that cleanses me continually. Just pray to him and ask. He says, uh, he told him that your hands are full of blood. Wash and make yourself clean. Take your evil deeds out of my sight. Stop doing wrong. Learn to do right. Seek justice. Encourage the oppressed. And he goes on. Now, we're going to come up on the, on the major statement here that I, I love this passage here in, in verse 18. Verse 18, he says, Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the best from the land. But if you resist and rebel, you will be uh, devoured by the word. 
by the sword. Excuse me. Man, this is, this is interesting to me. Come now, let us reason together. God is, is willing to reason with you and me. You know that? He says, I'll repudiate. I'll, I'll turn away everything you, everything you say. I've got an answer for God's got an answer for And if you say you're not a sinner, then you're, you're not telling the truth. You're not being honest. You've rejected his word. You and I know we're sinners. If you don't know you're a sinner, okay, all you have to do is look at the things. You ever look at yourself in the mirror? I'm afraid to look in the mirror sometimes to see what I see. <laughs> you know, but have you ever looked in the mirror to see who am I really? What am I really doing? Am I really searching for God, seeking God's face? He says to seek my face. That means to get in front of him, get in front. If you ever went to see the, if any of y'all saw Conway West and the president, uh, he's sitting there at the table. Conway's over here. He's actually in the presence of the president. Well, we're in president of the living God, the holy one of Israel. He's called the unique one of Israel because there is no one like him. And I'm so thankful for that. But he, he's willing to reason with you and I. And what does he say here? He says, I want to take your sins. I want to, I want to take them because they're, they're like blood red right up there in front of my face. I can see them. I want to wash them away. And I will do it. All you have to do is quit rebelling. Turn to me. And he says, and if you're willing and obedient, you will uh, eat the best from the land. We can have the best that the Lord has for us if we would just turn to him. You know, so many people today uh, find themselves in, uh, we, we were talking about it kind of in Sunday school a little bit, but many of us have big burdens. How many of y'all got a burden? Anybody got a burden here? Somebody ain't telling the truth. I'm going to be t- pre- preaching tonight online. <laughs> no. Don't we all have burdens? They're all, all of us have different kinds of burdens in our life. It might be financial. It might be a sinful burden. I can't make up my mind. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I don't want to be doing that. But you know what? You've got to turn to God and seek his face. He says, you'll turn to me and seek my face, then I will heal you. God will take it away from you. God will fix the problems you've got now. All the problems you've got in your life, and I've been through this with many, many people, and I know any pastor would tell you this, we see all these problems going on, and we're like, my gosh, how would you get into that? Well, we all get into problems because we deviate. We rebel. We can rebel, not continually, but we can rebel here and there and do things that we know we shouldn't have done. You go out with somebody that you know you shouldn't have gone out with. Uh, you end up doing something you know you shouldn't have done. You take a little bit of this. You take a little bit of that. And, you know, God frowns upon that, does he not? It's taking things that are not yours. So he, he finishes this up with a, with a plan of salvation for him. He said, come on now. Listen to me. Let's reason together. We'll talk this out. We'll get it straightened out. If you'll do that to God, God will honor you. You know that? You honor God, God will honor you. So, but you know what ultimately ended up with Israel? Ultimately what ended up with Israel... He told him, judgment will come upon you. He said, I'm going to destroy your land. I'm going to take you and disperse you to the four winds of the earth because you won't listen and you rebel. You think you know better? And some of us sometimes, we think we know better, you know? Just like my, my daughter-in-law told me, she said her, her husband wanted a, he wanted a new truck, one of these Ram 1500s, you know? He already had a, he has two trucks already. He wants another truck and he could afford it. And he said, uh, and he just became a Christian maybe six months ago. But the f- interesting thing to me was that she said, 
I was so proud of him. He came to me and he says, you know, Stephanie, I, w- I want this truck. And she says, well, you know, Dietrich, I'm not going to tell you not to buy the truck. He says, uh, she says, you have to make that decision on your own. And uh, so he ended up not listening, basically. He knew he shouldn't get the truck. He didn't need that truck. He went and got the truck anyway. And then he came home that day, and he told his wife, he had, Stephanie, he said, I bought that truck. And she says, you did? She says, he said, yeah. He said, but I'm fixing to take it back. She said, why are you going to take it back? He said, because I knew the Lord was telling me not to do that. But, yeah, I want to do it my way. And so he did, took the uh, truck back, and she said, you know, Dietrich, I'm so proud of you. I'm so glad that you did that. You know, sometimes that's the way we are. Pray to him before you do anything. Ask him to help you through that situation, no matter what. We're, playing, we're there at the football game, uh, and we won t- uh, 30 to 28. Two seconds left in the game. The biggest rival in San Antonio, okay? The two teams down there. And my son, my grandson plays, you know, uh, uh, guard. And anyway, it was the last two seconds. There was something that happened down there. I mean, I know it was from God, okay? But anyway, I won't go through the explanation. I'll just tell you. They won two seconds left in the game. It was unbelievable. And we're up there. I'm up there. Oh, Lord, help him, help him win, Lord. Of course, Lord don't care who wins sometimes, you know, but he, he does answer our prayer. And he does care about what we ask him for, you know. He says, asking, you shall receive. Seeking, you shall find. Knocking, the door shall be open unto you. Keep on banging on his door, asking him to help you. And that's where we go wrong. We give up on him. But he hadn't given up on anybody in here. So if this is your, if this is your time today here where you really are not sure where you are, uh, are with the Lord, I'm going to ask you to come up here when we uh, sing. <clears throat> ask you to come up here and just talk to me a little bit. Whatever you need, baby, maybe. I'm w- more than willing. And I know the pastor does this. We do it every week. But God said, come, let us reason together. And if you don't, if you reject him, your reason is, I don't want to, I don't want anything to do with him right now. But I'm telling you, God has got a plan for you. And it is beautiful. So if you'll just join me in a word of prayer. Father, you are God that heals all our diseases. You're the God that we can call upon in our time of need. You're the God that loves us beyond measure, Father. And Lord, I know that you want to help us in every situation we find ourselves in, God. We just need to come to you. And like you said, Father, uh, you'll reason with us. You'll help us, Father. Your reasons are always the best reasons, Father. But sometimes we reject them, that we don't want to hear them, that we've been rebelling against you, Father. And the Bible says that rebellion is like the uh, drug of witchcraft, divination, that we're drugged off and taken off into the wrong direction, Father, because we have not uh, committed to you. So I'm asking this morning, God, if there's anyone here, Father, that doesn't have a relationship with you, Father, They're really not sure where they're going. Father, you're willing. You're willing to cleanse their sin, to make them as white as wool, Father, to take away everything that we've ever done. And you don't bring it up again to us, Father. And from that day forward, we need to start walking with you, Father. So I'm asking this morning, God, that you would uh, touch somebody here that needs some, maybe just encouragement. I don't know. But I thank you, Father that you're the God 
of all hope. And there is no hope except yours because your hope never, never uh, turns us away. We can trust him. For it's in Jesus' name I ask these things. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. We invite you to like us on Facebook or visit our website, www.bearcreekbaptist.org. If you're not a member of another church, we would like to invite you to join us in person and get to know us and let us get to know you. Have a great week and may the Lord richly bless you.